Liberty. Well, what is up, all of our Liberty-loving friends out there? My name is Nate, and this is another fantastic episode of the Good Morning Liberty podcast. Charles Chuck Lawrence Thompson is sitting right across from me. How's it going, man? Hey, pretty good. I was going to open this one and say, hey, y'all. You had a Coke in your mouth, so I, <clears throat> I figured I should start talking. Well, I, I just figured instead of saying you guys all the time, we should say y'all, because we live in Tennessee. Yeah. And well, I didn't know that. Well, hell, man, I reckon we should just talk like we're from right here in Nashville, Tennessee all the time, <laughs> Although if we you want to do that. We didn't grow up here. Yeah. By the way, do you know a couple weeks ago was our 10-year anniversary here in Nashville? It was. Yeah. How about that? January 31st, man. 2010. We moved here right before the Great Flood in May. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That, that, that was, was crazy. Cra- it was a really crazy flood. I was showing my brother some pictures of that this weekend because we were at uh, Opry Mills Mall, and I was like, hey, do you know, do you want to see what this place looked like when it flooded? And uh, it was like crazy. under 15 feet it of water. It was crazy yeah. how much water was around there. I can't even believe they built it back up. It's like Opry, the, you know, Gaylord who owns Opry was like, hey, let's build a massive mall not 30 feet away from a river. Let's just do that and see how that goes. You know what they did? Um, after that, they built a big flood wall yeah. around its property. Yeah, just around their property. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> and I think because they'd already sold the mall, so it was no longer called like Gaylord Opry Mills Mall. It's just now Opry Mills Mall or whatever, and but the Gaylord Hotel and the um, the Opry, the Grand Ole Opry, yeah, is still yeah. theirs. Yeah, so they I built think, up these flood walls, yeah. around it, so that if this ever happens again, none of their none they of their stuff like will be it cost done. them like two billion dollars to fix the mall after the flood. It was so crazy. It was crazy, and uh, insurance companies didn't want to pay, so they actually used their own money, yeah. and then they fought the insurance companies later. It was pretty nuts. Yeah, but um, a couple of announcements. The first thing I want to say is subscribe to the podcast. We the subscription numbers are going up like crazy, and the it's pl- just amazing. The plays are way up. Yes. I mean it's crazy to see all the new people that came in this weekend that we give an estimated audience count all the time. And we got a big bump over the weekend and at the end of the week last week, and the numbers just keep looking up. You know what that means? That means you guys are subscribing and sharing the show. And that's what we appreciate. Those are the free things that you can do for us. And we can't thank you enough for that. The second thing is, don't ever doubt my friend, Nate Thurston. (laughs) Don't ever doubt him. He's right about everything. Every single time. I tried to have that conversation with my wife last night. It didn't go that well. No. (laughs) Well, I'll have it for you. (laughs) Okay, thanks. I'll be in your corner. Uh. Don't ever doubt him. (laughs) <laughs> or me, but don't doubt Nate right now because Nate made you guys a promise. And over the weekend, not only is our TikTok blowing up, but Nate set a precedent of getting I forgot about to 5,000 followers by today. Not only did we hit the mark, we surpassed it, my friends. We did. 5,100 and something followers now on TikTok, and we are gaining two to 300 followers just every single day on that app. On Thursday, I think we were at 4,450 uh, 4, followers. I said that we will be at 5,000 followers by Monday. And today we are at 5,148 followers on TikTok. Yeah. So what did you do over the weekend, people? <laughs> we kept growing over the weekend. That's what you need to do. Every single day, you know, we're going to be speaking at uh, young. We're going to be speaking to Young Americans for Liberty and anybody who shows up at the Vanderbilt University today, and Young Americans for Liberty is organizing that, which is going to be a good time. And uh, for those that are going, that are going to listen to the podcast before we get there, I'm just going to go ahead and tell you the one thing I'm doing is I'm going to ask uh, everyone there, mainly the students, like, what are you doing in your own life that you can examine to say wasting time. 
Yeah. And if you think you're wasting time over the weekend, rather than growing your adventures, whatever that may be, maybe it's getting TikTok followers or Facebook or Instagram, whatever it is. So that ultimately adds to your productive value, which ultimately puts more money in your pocket. How much time are you wasting versus how much time you're putting into that productivity? So this right here is just a perfect example of even taking the weekend and it's not like we worked all weekend, but you can schedule some videos and post yeah. a few things, take a few minutes of your time to keep adding to your productive value while everyone's off fishing and or doing whatever they want to for the weekend. Well, I've been waking up super early and, you know, maybe it's getting older, Charlie. I don't know what it is, but you figure out how much sleep it is that you need to function throughout the day. And, and don't waste a lot of other time. You know, I woke up this morning at 445. You know that time when you wake up and it's early? Did you get you, your workout in like Jocko? I Jocko laid, Willink? I laid in bed for like three hours, but I was making TikTok videos the whole time. So, <laughs> and and reading, and I was listening to some, po- I was listening to the Lions of Liberty podcast. And I was, then I switched over to listening to an economics book. And then I switched over to listening to a day trading book. And then, you know, just trying to be as productive as possible, which by All the time. All the while your wife is sleeping next to you <laughs> like an angel. Her alarms just going off and going off, yeah. you know, you know, but I mean, just doubting you in her sleep. <laughs> <laughs> she's, you know, she's been getting up at five, five thirty every single day, like since we met and I've been getting up at like five for the last three weeks or so. So, you know, I've got some catching up to yeah. do a lot she is of a catching boss. up. You have a great wife. Lots. I told the story, up. you know, when she gave me that Valentine's, it was actually seven years ago. Yeah. I saw it on my time. hop. it popped up. Yeah. And that was really sweet. You have a, you have a great great wife she's great woman she's a good girl yes um now we're gonna do the the vanderbilt talk and you said we're gonna talk about being a good libertarian what does that mean being a good libertarian liberty-minded person doesn't have to be a libertarian per se i don't even like that box what are you enacting in your own life to actually take control as one of our favorite other podcasts will talk about this weekend i made sure that i i told everyone we'd be at five thousand followers so i set that goal it sounded crazy it was on thursday we're not a massive organization here but i was like hey we're gonna have 500 and something more followers in, a, in three days that's what we're gonna have and so then i just made sure that we hit that goal whatever i had to do to yeah. do it i was i was out there you know i was out there on the street getting no i wasn't doing that but making videos posting them all the time what are you going to do for all of these things that we talk about every single day about how libertarianism is the best way you know i was thinking i was driving down the road towards my house there was all kinds of trash on the side of the road and libertarians around the country do this sometimes but they'll get out there and they'll voluntarily go pick up the trash you know so i was just thinking about how we needed to get some vests made, some reflective vests that say, you know, libertarian or whatever on them and go down this road and pick up the trash. You know, don't sit here and talk about how people would do it if we weren't forcing people through taxation to take care of these things. Go out there and do it in some kind of way. So I might just actually, you know what, I'm going to, I got to go. I'm going to go pick up this trash. I'll okay. talk myself into it. So <laughs> no, but All just right, see you later, man. <laughs> take action in some kind of way. One little thing today, whatever it is, that is the life that you say we would have if we didn't have this massive org- this massive government overreach, these, these massive regulations and laws, and how would people voluntarily take care of people in society if we didn't have those? Go pick one thing and do it. 
when I was at the mall yesterday, there were these guys hustling in the center selling CDs. CDs, mind you. Wow. Um, yeah. And they were selling these CDs of their original music, and they were trying to get people to buy them as I went through. And I saw them, and I was like, man, I really admire those guys' hustle. Now, I am not going to listen to the music. I don't really listen to music. Yeah. Sorry. But I saw them, and I was like, you know, these guys are out there trying to make it happen. They had to pay a rental fee to be out here in the center of the mall. So they're putting forward an investment. They're out there asking people to, to buy their product, and they've put a lot of work into it. So I'm just going to go buy one of their CDs. Just 10 bucks. I'm just going to go buy something, you know? And, and, and so that's what, I, that's what I went and did. And you can pick something that you see like that and, and take care of it. If you see a homeless person on the street and you feel like you want to give them a couple bucks or the change, like be the, be the voluntarist that we all talk about how it, it, we're going to be once we get rid of this evil, tyrannical government. Like be that person. Show people that that exists. Show people that it is possible. You know, and and make them see that we don't have to have all of this taxation and to take care of all of these people in our society. That's just something. One little thing. Pick something. That's our that's our goal for you guys today. Pick something and do it. I I couldn't love that anymore. Yeah, it's about living out the values that you um, that you hold. Like, look, I don't know if you guys have ever seen The Patriot, but yeah. it's a great movie. And if you remember when. Um, it's not Mel Gibson, his counterpart. I think you could the, do a Patriot podcast, by the I way. I probably could. The, from the movie, not just like a, you know. But there's a great like point a, where they're recruiting Patriots to join the the um, the rebel forces <laughs> against the English. And they went to this church and they were asking for all the men uh, who wanted to sign up for the, for the um, militia. Militia. Sorry, I couldn't remember the word. For the militia to go fight the Redcoats. And uh, to f- advance liberty, right? And hardly anyone stood up until this one woman stood up and and told everyone in there that they're they are as ardent patriots as she was. <laughs> she told them they were being hypocrites. That's what she yeah, told they them. did. Yeah. And then she said, uh, "Will you now, when you are needed most, stop at only words?" Yeah, that's and good. She, yeah, and when she say what she's saying is. It's not just talking about what you believe in. It's actually putting it into action. Don't stop at just words. Will you now when you are needed most? In the liberty movement, will you, right now, when you are needed most, are you going to stop at only words? At only keyboard worrying. <laughs> War, only being a keyboard warrior. Yeah. Because I can't say worrying. War, warrior. Oh, dang it. That's that hard. That's, you know. That's now a, I can't even say the word warrior. That's warrioring. A, that's advanced podcasting. It is. <laughs> to say that word. We'll do a class on that. <laughs> right. <laughs> so um, it's a very important thing to not only believe it yourself, but to act it out. Um, because what, what do they always say? Actions speak louder than words. I've never heard that before. Yeah. No. Uh, sticks and stones may break <laughs> my bones. The other little thing we have to tell you guys, other than Vanderbilt and subscribing, um, we are putting together, if you listen to our last couple episodes, uh, I've been day trading for several years now. I've been back testing strategies for several years now. Um, I, I trade every single morning. That's something that I do b- before we start gathering podcast information every day. Except for this morning. Except for this morning. Actually, really funny. It's President's Day. I showed up this morning 
and I was like, I got to get up there. I got to go pick out my stocks. I got to go pick out the trades and do and do all that. You know, we were down there talking, and I came up here and I was trying to get all my stuff to refresh, and I couldn't get my you know trade ideas. wasn't showing me any of the stocks that were up a bunch for the day or anything like that. I was like, God, I restarted my computer, everything. I restart. You know, I, I was logging out and logging back in. And, and then it dawned on me, I was like, oh crap, the market's not open today. That's, that's what's happening because yeah. it's President's Day. And they but closed it down. No market, no market today. But yeah, we're doing a trading class. If you're interested in learning how to day trade, we're gonna go all the way from you know nothing whatsoever all the way to the point that you can be taking trades and making an income from it. We're gonna start from the very basics that you've never even opened a stock chart and looked at it before. We'll start there. We're gonna go all the way through the three strategies that I use, which is a pop, bounce, and retire. That's a, those are the three strategies, PBR. So we're gonna go through what actually all those entail. We're gonna have options where you can watch me day trade live. You can watch the videos of me taking trades live later. There's gonna be course content on there full of boring PowerPoints, but then there's also gonna be really, there's gonna be a lot of videos talking about every single strategy, every single part of the market that you need to know to be able to do this from opening up your own account to how you navigate a charting platform, all of these things to taking trades, managing your risk, all of that's going to be in this course. And it's actually not even just for day traders because understanding the markets is understanding your financial future. Yeah. So it seems like it's very complicated and you got people who work on Wall Street and they know all of these things that you don't and you give your money to this hedge fund or you put it in your 401k or maybe it's in this IRA and you're trusting all these people just to do things for you. And what happens if the economy crashes, right? Are there people that made money back in 2008? Yeah, absolutely. And how would you know that? Well, you wouldn't know. And that fear keeps you out of that. And so even if you're not going to day trade, this is something that you should still consider taking because it's going to give you insight into how the markets actually work. It's not even what? just that. What you'll learn after doing trading for a long time is that you can equate every part of your life to trading yeah. in some kind of way, whether it's risk management, not having fear to, to take big leaps. You'll see things like I've got these ideas of making stock charts, line charts out of political uh, po um, political survey poll amounts and stuff and watching whether or not they pop over the previous figures and when they come back down to their other previous polling numbers, everything can be charted out into a into a stock platform, every part of your life can be charted out into that where you hit these big highs and then all of a sudden it crashes down, but maybe it didn't get as bad as you, it did, you know, a few years ago when you were only eating ramen, you know, or is this the lowest it's going to go? Well, maybe it's time for you to really get at it right now because of how low it is. You know, you can equate everything into stock trading and learn a lot about human psychology, a lot about, a lot about navigating every other part of your life by understanding this because the market all it is is human psychology that's all it is it the stock prices are people's emotions about future prices in the market if the prices are going down people are showing you what their emotions are about what they think the future prices are going to be because if they think the future prices are going to be higher they wouldn't be selling and if they're buying right now that means they think the future prices are going to be higher than that or they wouldn't be buying so all it is is emotions that that's it but finding a way like like a libertarian to harness these emotions 
and turn them into something logical and rational and actually be able to have an overview of it and look over the entire scope of all of these emotions and be able to actually create some type of a strategy on top of it. You can do that. And I mean, you can unlimited potential when you do that. Yeah. This is part of living out your Liberty principles is understanding your financial situation and how it applies to your life. And also learning other life lessons in psychology that sets you up for the best future possible. Yeah. So, so, Email me. Yes. Well, that's what I was going to tell them. So we have, we started this last week and uh, you have, you know, a couple days where we mentioned this and we are giving you to the end of this week. So February 21st to email Nate, which is at Nate at goodmorningliberty.us. That's Nate at goodmorningliberty.us. We have a list. We already have people signing up. It's actually unbelievable uh we have kept track of every single person nate i'm not sure if you responded to everybody but i actually did i went through and well, responded good. to everyone so yeah. nate did uh uphold his end of the bargain there went yeah. back and responded to everybody so we have <laughs> you guys listed thank you for emailing us uh you are in on this early bird special which is going to be a 20 percent discount now not only are we doing that but so you have until the end of the week that's 221 uh which is going to be your last time to email nate which is nate at goodmorningliberty.us to get that 20 percent discount off your first month but not only are we doing that uh for everyone that does enter we're giving you a seven day free trial yeah so you're going to get the first weeks full of courses for absolutely free yeah and then for our entry level which is what all this early bird discount stuff is going to be it's only going to be 47 dollars a month so now you're getting a free seven day trial it's going to cost you nothing to get in to learn everything you could possibly know in that first week of education and then after that, you're going to get a 20% discount off your first month, which is only going to be $47 a month. That's less than $1.50 a day for your first month. Now, this is a heck of an this infomercial is, right here. You guys is, don't want to let this opportunity go by. But it's very important because we we want you guys to do this. Now, look, I have been scouring the internet and wondering what people charge for this kind of thing, uh, because what is your time and value worth, right? And there are prices anywhere from 150 bucks a month all the way to $5,000 plus a month yeah. that people are charging for this. And their courses aren't even half as good as what we're offering. So you guys are getting in at an unbelievable price because we believe and you taking control of your financial future. Yeah. And so there's no reason not to email Nate right now. <laughs> so email him, Nate at goodmorningliberty.us. Let him know you want to get in, in on the early bird special. There's only five days left to do that. Um, and then we'll be launching this course on March 4th. So mark your calendars. March 4th will be the first week of training. And uh, we're going to be doing some live Q&As uh, during that time as well. So... Be on the lookout for all the updates. Yeah. Coming at you. All righty. So we're going to talk about a little bit of Trump news today, a little bit of election news today. We're going to talk about world poverty for, for a minute. We're going to talk about the Scandinavian countries. Uh, we're going to talk about, let's see, what else did we have queued up in here? We're going to talk about the deficit just a little bit, a little bit of debt, a little bit of government investment talk, if that's what they're doing right now. So we have a, a lot of different things to go over in, the, in a short amount of time. So, Charlie, do you, since you're the one who told me about this book called Progress by Johann Norberg, uh, that is an amazing book that I recommend anyone read to get a perspective on just how good we have it right now versus what people in the past had to deal with and just where we've come from as human beings. 
it's amazing. There's it's so amazing. There's literally, you know, you can look at the media and, and see this division. You can see what they want to perpetrate and, and propagandize at you that we're the most divided we've ever been. And, you know, we don't have universal health care. So people are the poorest they've ever the been poor getting poor, They're just dying in the streets and all of this stuff. We've got, you know, virus outbreaks and all kinds of crazy things happening. And the world is just coming to an end. Climate change is going to kill us all. And all of this doom and gloom that is just constantly being fed to you. It's actually, there's never been a better time to be alive. Even you for can poor learn, people. You can learn how to trade online. <laughs> you can, you can literally take any class you could want. You can learn photography or graphic design. You could increase your value. You could make more money than anybody ever thought humanly possible. You can live the best life ever. Thanks to 2020 and advances in modern science and, 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 uh, climatology <laughs> <laughs> sure <laughs> scientology no advances in modern science and capitalism yeah which is actually saving the world at such an extreme rate it's quite unbelievable so this is coming from fee.org fee.org which is the freedom for economic foundation for economic sorry, foundation for economics um foundation for economic education education so fee.org great organization if you go check them out but this is based off uh, johan norberg's book and also there's a humanprogress.org website they've done all this research and so just to give you guys a little bit of uh what milton friedman called a sense of proportion yeah um if you think about the earth being around somewhere between 3.2 to 3.5 billion years that's a long time it's 3.5 quite a long time billion years old yeah um, and if you don't believe in evolution, who cares? Let's say you only think the earth is 15,000 years old, whatever, 15,000, it doesn't matter. But humans have been around for, let's say anywhere between 15,000 to a million years. What it doesn't matter if you believe in evolution or not. Uh, 15,000 years is a long time because we have writings that actually go all the way back to, uh, in the Mesopotamians, like 13,000 years. So if you think about even 15,000 years ago, if you go back to just 200 years ago, right at 200 years ago, which is 1820. Now, 200 years in a span of 15,000 years is not very much time. So in 1820, 200 years ago, 94% of the world's population lived in extreme poverty. And extreme poverty is defined by the UN as living on less than $1.90 a day. Now that's in today's money, by the way. Yeah. Yeah. So less than a dollar ninety a day in today's money. That's ninety-four percent of the world's population lived in extreme poverty. Almost every single person was a peasant. Yeah. And even the rich people, think about this. Rich people couldn't they didn't have antibiotics no. back then. No such thing as they antibiotics. Couldn't, they couldn't afford their treatment either. Yeah. They're like people died all the time. There was no such thing as healthcare or anything else for the longest time. And so ninety-four percent of the world's population. This is just absolutely insane to me. In 1990, which is 170 years later, that number declined all the way down to 34.8%. And in just the last 25 years, going up to 2015, that number has been uh, has dwindled down to just 9.6%. So now, according to the latest data in 2015, less than 10% of the world's population lives in extreme poverty. That's a decrease in poverty. That's a decrease by 90% from 94 down to 9.6. That is a 90% reduction in poverty 
over the last two years or tw- t- 25 years, years 200, 200 years, years yeah it went from 34.8 in 1990 down to 9.6 so you've got 25 years because that data is from 2015 you've got 25 years where it went from 34 to 9 and so that's another 60 something percent reduction in poverty over that's massive reductions in just a very short amount of time. It's quite unfathomable. Unfathomable. <laughs> so coming from the article here, the speed of poverty alleviation in the last 25 years has been historically unprecedented. Not only is the proportion of people in poverty at a record low, but in spite of adding 2 billion people to the planet's popula- population, the overall number of people living in extreme poverty has fallen too. As Johann Norberg writes in his book, Progress, quote, if you had to choose a society to live in, but did not know what your social or economic position would be, you would probably choose a society with the lowest proportion of poor, because this is the best judgment of the life of an average citizen. So look, I understand being poor i mean shoot i grew up in a trailer we lived paycheck to paycheck yeah there were times that we didn't have enough money to go to mcdonald's after church on sundays and that was a very sad day for 12 year old charlie's life because we looked forward that was the one thing my mom had 20 bucks on a sunday left over after we bought groceries and everything on saturday 20 bucks left to her name that we would typically use at at mcdonald's which was a treat for us once a week uh i had hand-me-down clothes and never got new shoes nothing Hardly any of that was ever done for me. We lived paycheck to paycheck, and there's a lot of stress that comes with that. There's a lot of stress with wondering about how you're going to pay the bills. Like living in poverty is not a great thing. But if you look, if you have a sense of proportion and you look at what someone even a hundred years ago that lived paycheck to paycheck, they lived a life of starvation and privation. And so He goes on to say, in 1820, 94% of the world's population lived in extreme poverty, which is less than $1.90 per day, adjusted for purchasing power, by the way. So it's today's money, but it's adjusted for purchasing power. In 1990, this figure was 34.8%. In 2015, just 9.6%. In the last quarter century, more than 1.25 billion people escaped extreme poverty. That equates to over 138,000 people Uh, being lifted out of poverty every single day. If it takes you five minutes to read this article or five minutes to listen to us, another 480 people will have escaped the shackles of extreme poverty by the time you finish. So during the typical podcast episode, by the way, over 10,000 people around the world are lifted out of poverty. It's unbelievable. Yeah. Now, are they lifted out now, Nate, do you think? Are they lifted out of poverty because people are just shipping them money? Well, yeah. now I think some of it's due to people being charitable, sending sending things over to them. But no, a lot of these places are starting to embrace some markets because they found that they can't control every single thing. You've got places in uh, in Africa, I can't remember the name of the country, that has the type of land that could grow enough food to feed everyone in Africa. But they're due to all their regulations and their their literal tyrannical governments, if you even want to call them that, their dictatorships, they're not allowed to do it. They just can't do it. And so, yeah, they're starting to let a little bit of the market creep in. The one thing I wanted to say was, now, Charlie, when we're talking about this, so what you're saying is we just shouldn't be worried about poverty. 
No. We just shouldn't care about it. Anyone who's in a tough time right now, anyone who's uh, having a rough go of it, hey, get over it because look at what people used to have to go through. That's not the case. That's not what we're saying. What we're saying is that you need to ask yourself what your mentality towards the world and the future should be. You got to fix your, you got to get your mind right, okay? Because we have this mentality that things are getting worse or that there's a lot of people, therefore we have to uh, eat the rich, which is literally a hashtag, by the way, hashtag eat the rich. Go read all of the hash, all the people have posted using that hashtag if you want to throw up. So there's, you can have that mindset if you want to, or you can get your mind right and understand that yes, there are problems and we are addressing them, but things are looking up at a level that we've just never seen before, that human beings have never seen before. And a lot of people, a lot of younger people don't understand that. You look at the world as it is right now and you look at all the bad things and you say, well, this is bad, we have to fix it. You have to have, like Friedman said, you gotta have a sense of proportion so you can have the right attitude towards it. These problems are getting fixed and they're getting fixed at a rate that they have never been fixed before. It's not the time to take your chips down. It's not the time to take away the free market or to take away capitalism because capitalism has almost lifted the entire world out of poverty. It's not the time to regress and go back towards complete government control over everything, which is what caused all of this to move so slowly in the first place. When people became free, and we realized, we realized that individuals had their own individual liberty and the sanctity of each human. That's when people started growing and lifting out of poverty. Before that, it was the mindset that you had your king, your ruler, your dictator, whoever it was, and they were to control every single part of every single economy. And so civilization just kind of sat there. Didn't matter how smart you were if no. you were a peasant. <clears throat> no. Your civilization just sat there. And then all of a sudden, we started recognizing that individuals themselves, each one has the right to have control over their life. And we've had this massive explosion of wealth, of people being lifted out of poverty. Yes, the rich are getting richer, but the poor are getting richer too. Way richer. And they're getting richer at a faster rate, obviously by percentage standards. They're getting richer at a faster rate. They're getting lifted out of poverty at a faster rate than the rich are getting richer. So you can choose which one of those you want to focus on, depending on what emotions you decide to have. If you just hate the rich, if you want to have that emotion, you can choose to only look at the wealthy getting wealthier. <coughs> or you can look at the fact that the whole, the whole boat's lifting, okay? A rising tide lifts all boats or whatever the freaking yeah. saying is. I Except don't know. for submarines because they're below. They go down. Yeah. 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 It doesn't matter what the tide is. <laughs> Up periscope. Yeah. So... <laughs> Well, yes. so that, that leads into what does this mean for you? So in, in today's age, what this means for you is that there's never been a better time to what, what conservatives get blamed as lifting yourself up by the bootstraps. There's never been a better time to do that. Because yeah. if you can imagine in 1820, with 94% of the world living in poverty, which is below $1.90 a day, could you imagine what you had to climb through to get to the top? Imagine how much heavier your bootstraps were yeah. at that time. Yeah. Some heavy boots. So heavy you couldn't lift them. Yeah. Right? And today your boot 
straps can be heavy, <laughs> but you have this wonderful thing called the internet and information and knowledge. You can literally create anything you want. You can go from extreme poverty or poverty in the United States, let's say, and you can create an unbelievable abundant life for yourself and for your family. Nate and I are two examples of that in going, coming from a cornfield, basically in <laughs> Southern Illinois, um, living in trailers to making more money than we've ever made in our entire lives up to this point. And yeah. we ha- we're not stopping here. There's more money to be made. Charlie, you're saying that everyone who lives in a trailer should somehow be ashamed of that because no. trailers are bad. No, but what I, I like what you said. <laughs> it's your mindset, yeah. right? Because you and I are perfect examples of people who could have just complained that, you know, society didn't give us a leg up and, you know, we weren't as, you know, pick a family that we grew up with who had it better than we did. Yeah. And we didn't sit there and envy over like, oh, well, you know. Um, I'll just pick somebody like, sorry, if you listen to the podcast and you feel offended, uh, Jamie, I don't want, I'm not gonna say last name, but it's like, but it's like, oh man, we didn't have Jamie's family. You know, his dad owned a business and you know, he probably had his college paid for or whatever. And he worked hard. He's a smart guy or whatever, but you know, he had advantages, which is a hell of a lot of advantages and we didn't have any advantages and that's not fair. That's one way to look at the world, right? The other people have it better than you. Oh, poor me. I can't get anywhere because, you know, my dad wasn't a part of my life and I lived in a trailer and he had a house and, you know, he had all these advantages I didn't have. You could look at it that way or you can look at it and say, man, compared to people in 1820, I got a pretty damn good. Yeah, it's pretty good. As sick as I, it doesn't matter if I'm the poorest person and I'm homeless, I can still go to the emergency room and get antibiotics if I've got an infection, which means I'm not going to die. And then I could do something with it. You're already life. better off than Rockefeller was. Yes. He already. One of his kids died from an infection because yeah. he didn't, there was no antibiotics to purchase. It didn't matter how many billions of dollars he had, antibiotics didn't exist. Now, when his kids were unruly, I'm sure he took their iPads away from them. You yeah, know, right. It, that's, that was punishment. <laughs> he didn't have that's those That's what the punishment either. was. <laughs> yeah. And, and the, I mean, hell, electricity wasn't even invented. <laughs> Hardly. But, you, you know, you look at those types of things, and if you have that sense of proportion, you can switch your mindset. Instead of saying, poor me, like, oh, my God, how lucky am I? What do I get to do with this opportunity? Because that's what life is. I mean, it, you, the fact that you're alive anyway, it's a one in 470 trillion chance that you're a human being. So take that into, into perspective. And then a life, you, you have a life full of potential and opportunity. And what are you going to do it? What are you going to do with it? You're going to sit there in a corner crying, pissing and moaning about how everybody else has got it better than you do. Or are you going to take this opportunity for yourself to look back at history and be like, man, we've come a long way as a species. And I have all of this. I have all of this value to provide to society. Like, what can I do with my life? Maybe I'll never be Jeff Bezos. You know, maybe I won't amass that amount of wealth, but maybe I could get to. $10 $10 million and help out my family and my local charity or whatever. And not even, don't even think about it, even in monetary value, like what kind of value can, how in the world or, or how is one way that you can provide value to this world and make it a better place than you left it? Because ultimately there's two ways to live life, right? It's either everything you do matters, meaning you have a responsibility and a duty to leave this place better than you found it. And so every decision that you make matters to the structure of reality, or you can become bitter, resentful, and hateful 
and try to take out as many things as you possibly can before you end this life, because what the hell is it going to matter in a million years? Well, you just shouldn't, you know, part of this is you're mentioning this fictitious guy, Jamie, and being upset uh, about what he's got. Like, we've got to realize that the economic pie, the economic pie is not a fixed pie. And that sounds it's not a zero sum game. This is not a zero sum game. And just because his parents had whatever and he grew up a little bit better, you don't only get better by taking from him. That's not how you get better. That's how you average the society down. That is not how you lift the whole thing up. You get better by figuring out what it is that his parents did or his grandparents did. or What is it that they did to set up their lives for their children to be in that position? And it probably wasn't that they took money from other people. It was probably because they did something that other people deemed really valuable. And so you can either decide that to get somewhere in life, you need to take something from other people, or you can decide that to get somewhere in life, you need to produce value for other people. Give people something that they freely find valuable. And there's just, there's two, there's two roads you can take there. And a lot of people are taking the road of deciding that the only way that they can ever get anywhere is by taking it from someone else. That's, a, that's an average down. There's no trading technique that people do. Something you're not supposed to do is average down. That's, that's, not, a, that's not a good idea. So don't, don't do that. Find a way that you can get yourself up there without taking from other people and bringing the entire society down in, in the, you know, during the process of doing that. Just, just do it. Do you have anything else in this article you want to go through? You want to go to the next one? I don't. Okay. We don't have much time today, yeah. so let's, let's move on. Okay, so this, real quick one, this is from Mises.org. Swedish ex-prime minister wrote, rebukes Bernie. Socialism only destroys, is what he said. The Swedish ex-prime minister, by the way. Socialism never stopped enticing young American minds, but the more democratic socialists such as AOC open their mouths, we learn the movement's most vocal proponents simply ignore socialism's incompatibility with democracy, as demonstrated by Austrian economist Ludwig von Mises in a critique of interventionalism. Bernie Sanders is one of these people. With a Vermont senator announcing he's running for president, this is a, a little bit of an older article, still applies, his past comments defending socialism in socialist countries notorious for their failures become the type of material critics are eager to dissect, especially because he still calls himself a democratic socialist while using Nordic countries as examples of what he defends. Okay, so once again, Bernie always says out there, literally I just posted, posted something on TikTok this morning, Bernie saying, oh, I'm not talking Venezuela or Cuba. I'm talking about Denmark and Sweden. Okay. Well, here's Sweden's prime minister. To the former prime minister, the damage socialism can cause is still fresh in his memory. After all, he was the first prime minister in 60 years to not subscribe to the ideology. And thanks to him, Sweden's capital gains taxes were cut from uh, down to 30% and the corporate taxes down to 28%. He also privatized several state-owned industries deregulated multiple sectors of the economy and allowed people to invest portions of their pension and introduce school choice policies, improving the country's education system. After he was there, Sweden, which had completely lost its host of entrepreneurs thanks to business taxes that sometimes exceeded the 100% mark, think about that for a minute, once again flourished. Even as Social Democrat successor, what is that, Ingvar Carlsson took over. 
Seeing the wonderful changes just a few years worth of reform had done, Carlson kept uh, Bilt's policies in place. And the business startups rose nearly 25% as a result after these policies. Unfortunately, politicians like Sanders like to use countries like Sweden as examples of how socialism can work. The same politician who in the 1980s praised bread lines and celebrated the Soviet Union for forcing its youth to dedicate their whole lives to communism now tells Americans that the Nordic model of socialism can and will work in America. And yet he seems clueless to the fact that the policies he pushes don't mirror those adopted by the countries he celebrates. This is something we talk about all the time. Bernie uses the ones that were semi-successful and says that's what he's going to implement. But none of his policies match up with them whatsoever. At all. They match Venezuela. They match Venezuela. They match Russia. They match those countries. They match Cuba. They match that. Bernie would not, Bernie would not support a single policy that Denmark has. But he's telling you that he's going to give you Denmark. It matters what uh, policies, economic-wise, you use to get these things. Like if you ask someone what Bernie Sanders' economic policies were, they would say, well, he wants free health care and free college. That's not an economic policy. That's something that you get from having good economic policies. So saying that that's his policy, well, they do free health care. How did they get to the point where they can afford to do some of these things in their little bitty countries that are smaller than the city of New York? How did they get to that point? They used very specific economic policies to get their countries in a position where they could do this without going completely bankrupt. And Sanders completely ignores what those policies are, yet tells all of his followers that he's going to give them the same outcomes with different policies. To me, this is the number one point for talking to a Bernie Sanders supporter, because they will all say, no, not Venezuela, Denmark. Okay, do you support a 22% corporate tax rate? Do you support not having a wealth tax? Do you support no minimum wage? A low capital gains tax? Do you tax? support a low capital gains tax? Do you support um, a 60% tax on the, on the middle class? Do you want a 24% sales tax? Do you want a 100% sales tax when you buy a car? Do you support any of the policies that Denmark has? No. Or Sweden. So how are you telling me that he's going to bring us Denmark? Does it not matter what policies Denmark used to get to this point? At all? It only matters what he says. It just matters the outcomes they have. Like they're like free healthcare, not free by the way. Free healthcare is not a policy. That's an outcome. Free college of an economic even policy. Though they, even though they end up in the same college it's, debt. It's like when we're talking <laughs> to these Yeah, Sweden, the average student graduates nineteen thousand dollars in debt from from college. Yeah. Because and they don't pay for any of your living expenses or anything while the you're average, in college. The average American is 23000 Yeah, 24900 something like that. Okay. Yeah. So a $6,000 difference. Yeah, but then they pay 60% taxes. Yeah. If they're in the middle class. So, yeah. Yeah. It's, it just, this matters. And I want to talk to these Sanders supporters. I want to ask these YAL students tonight. What are you going to do after college? What's your, what's your, uh, what's your goal after college? Well, I'm going to have a really nice house and a super nice car. That's not like a, it's not like a life, the, you know, economic budgeting goal right there. You're just saying what you want to have if you do a good job and you're really successful. Well, I'm going to have a nice house and a nice car, but that's not like a, like the, this student, Nate Thurston graduated and got a degree and he's going to have a nice house and a nice car. No, that's, those are things that you get if you do a good job afterwards. 
Like your budgeting has got to be, what are you going to do to go make money? How are you going to save the money? How are you going to invest it? How are you going to become wealthy? Those are your economic policies. Don't tell me about what you're going to do with the money afterwards. How are you going to have the money in the first place? That's the part that Sanders has completely missed. Completely missed out of pure hatred for rich people, by the way. That's it. Emotions. Irrationality. Subjectivity. Yeah. That's it. So he wants you to switch your mindset from you're able and capable to it, the reason why you're um, down is because somebody else is rich. So hate, yeah. the, hate the rich. Yeah. As explained by Danish Prime Minister Lars uh, was it Loke Rasmussen in 2015, countries like his Denmark are far from socialist planned economies. Denmark is a market economy, he added, and is demonstrated by Mises and economic policy, thoughts for today and tomorrow. There's no Western capitalistic country in which the conditions of the masses have not improved in an unprecedented way. That ties into the first article we talked about. Okay, that's why you listen to the show. They're free. That's it. Free market. We do not have any free market countries where the living standards are going down. Anywhere. None of them. No country that has a free market capitalist system has the lot of the ordinary individual gotten worse over the last 200 years. It's only gotten better. Okay. That's in a all the examples where the lot of the ordinary people have gotten worse. Yes. Has been socialist planned economies. Has been through people who hated the rich. Russia, Cambodia. Yeah. Vietnam, uh, Venezuela, uh, even Peru, Chile, all those uh, South American countries who dabbled in it, even hell, even Sweden and all these other countries who tried socialism, socialism for a while and ended up backpedaling on it because they lost all their businesses. Yeah. Tell me about this Trump commercial real quick. Before well, we, so uh, how I want to transition that and where we're going to end the show here today is on uh, NBC banning uh, Trump from running his reelection campaign ad on NBC Universal. Which is own, which is what uh, owns Comcast and it's major. I think major. Comcast owns them. Yeah, yeah. Sa- same way. <laughs> Either way, yeah, a subsidiary, I guess you could say. And but Bernie is allowed to run his ads and his campaigns. Yeah, saying that we're the only developed nation in the world who doesn't provide all this free. Sh- to people the rich are getting rich and the poor are getting poor right the middle class is shrinking so he's allowed All to run lies he's allowed to run lies on national tv but no not trump which i'm not saying you should be allowed to run lies i don't know it, it, again i'm going to start off by saying nbc universal is a private organization they can choose to air whatever they want to air yes you know they can air lies they can air truths they can yeah. air whatever but it's just comical to me and hypocritical how one candidate's obviously lying and Trump, the Trump campaign might not even be lying, but they're taking it as a lie. So anyway, this is from the hill.com NBC universal told the Trump campaign Thursday that it would not air an ad that previously appeared on some of NBC's channels unless changes are made. An NBC official said that the ad titled Ukraine, which focused on former vice president, Joe Biden and referenced unsubstantiated claims about corrupt practices. Biden supposedly engaged in was pulled from NBC's ad lineup until the Trump campaign makes unspecified changes. NBC would not confirm what changes it requested from the campaign. It, is un- it was unclear whether the changes specifically involved claims the Trump campaign has made about Biden's past contracts with Ukrainian officials. The Trump campaign, meanwhile, issued a statement to the journal defending the content of its ads and submitted a different advertisement to NBC, which it began airing. This is from NBC. This, to me, this quote's hilarious. Quote, 
our ads are 100% accurate. Tim Murtaugh, a campaign spokesman, told the newspaper, the discussions with NBC had nothing to do with the facts as presented in the ad. We have no further comment on these conversations. The ad reportedly ran once on both MSNBC and Bravo before the network completed a review of the video and stated that it required changes before appearing on NBC's main channel. Now tell me how the ad got through all of the departments <laughs> to be <laughs> to be aired on NBC and Bravo and then somebody recircled the wagon and said, ah, yep. ah got, no, we don't like what he said here. They got enough complaints on it yep. that they decided they were going to pull it. Some Somebody, uh, somebody review this again. Uh, NBC's decision to pull the ad comes after rival news network CNN issued a statement declining to run the ad, explaining that derogatory remarks aimed at CNN reporters in the ad, as well as demonstrably false assertions made in the ad, resulted in the piece not meeting CNN standards. It, it, what baffles me on this whole thing is that Biden's you know contracts with Ukraine and the fact that his son sat on a board and all that, that's all true. Yeah. It is true. But the Democrats don't like it. Yeah. And what about the fact that that currently right now a bunch of Democrats are still running this whole Russia Gate scandal as part of their advertisements, which has been investigated and found to be nothing coming from it. Yeah, like do you think that if Joe Biden does a campaign ad that mentions the Russia scandal or that the Russia colluded with Trump to win the election, you think that NBC is going to say they're not going to run the ad? Right. No way. Yeah. No, they, in all their channels, they've been pushing that narrative this entire time, which is unsubstantiated claims about a political person. And this entire decision just comes down to what their political bias is. That, that's all it is. There's, and that's the problem. Like, I'm not saying I completely agree with Trump and everything he's doing, and he's the best guy ever in the world. This has nothing to do with that. This has to do with whether or not you're hypocritical, whether or not you're actually being principled in your stand. Is NBC actually going to cut out any ads that have unsubstantiated claims, misused statistics, anything like that? Are they going to cut out anything that has that involved? Because they won't be able to run any ads from the, De from the Democrats either. They just won't be able to. They right. won't be able to run political advertisements is what's going to happen. And then again, why is a free and open media, which, which claims itself to be free and open, um, censoring, like who cares if the president's lying or who cares if the Biden campaign's lying, who cares if anybody's lying, it's your duty and your responsibility as a citizen to do the investigation yourself and understand and make an informed decision as to who you're going to be voting for, whether that candidate's lying or not. Yeah. And in fact, let me newsflash, all politicians lie. They're it's, all lying to you all the time. It's the nature of, of being a That's, politician. It's one of the you, criteria. You literally, you go to Washington, D.C., you just start lying. You know? What about, like, look, you can look at just the past few presidents. You know, we did this whole, we made an entire video about how President Obama said that if you like your plan, you can keep your plan. And what happened? You didn't get to keep it. He said prices were going to go down on prices, insurance. Yeah. He made all of these promises didn't come true. He said that them taking over the student loan market was going to save the taxpayers $68 billion. Yeah, it cost us more and the, money. And the costs were going to go down for students. No. He literally said that. Yeah. That's gone up. It went up. Look at what Trump campaigned on. He campaigned on defunding Planned Parenthood. That hasn't happened. He campaigned on uh, repeal and replace Obamacare. <laughs> repeal and replace Repeal and replace, repeal and replace. He's, how many times did he say that? Has Obamacare been repealed? 
No. Now it's been dismantled a, a few they, parts. They've broke. Yeah, they've broken some of it up. But has it been repealed and replaced? No. Nope. All of these promises. This is what politicians do. They just lie to you. They yeah. lie to you. And why would any network censor it unless they're trying to sway some type of political opinion? Which is why you should get all your news right here <laughs> at the Good Morning Liberty podcast. There's no better place. There is no, no better, better place. place. We've got to get ready. Charlie's got to jump on a call, and then we've got to get ready to, we got to make to go, some money. Yeah, i got to go do this talk at Vanderbilt here in a little bit. If you guys hear this podcast before tonight and you're in the Nashville area, you've still got time to drive to Vanderbilt University. I will put the name of the building in the show notes for this podcast. You can go in there. It starts at 730. It's free. Ain't going to cost you nothing. It's not free to everyone because someone had to pay to put the thing together. That's how free things work, by the way. It's free to you, but it does still cost money. So it's free for you to go there and watch us speak tonight about some of these things. We're going to record it. We're going to do a video. We're going to do all that stuff. Come and ask us some questions. And, uh, you know, subscribe to this podcast. Tell your friends about this podcast. If you think this message is important, if you think that someone needs to hear anything that we just said, then why wouldn't you show it to someone? Why wouldn't you? Do you hate them? <laughs> do you... You want the, do you want the world to get worse? If you'd want the world to get worse, then don't share our podcast with your friends. Okay? Yeah. That's your that's the only reason you wouldn't do it. So go to patreon.com slash goodmorningliberty if you want to support the show. All kinds of different options on there. We gotta start packing that thing up with all kinds of exclusive content for you guys to go on there and get a hold of stuff that no one else listening is gonna be able to hear or interact with us in those specific ways. Go do that. Patreon.com slash goodmorningliberty. Send me an email if you're interested in learning how to day trade all the way from the very beginning up to being able to do it on your own. We're going to have this class coming out March 4th. Send me an email this week. You've got to send me an email if you want to get involved in that early bird discount, that early bird special. You know what they say, early early worm gets the worm. So you just go ahead and go ahead and do that. All right. Get on there. Send me an email. Tell me that you're interested. And uh, we'll, we'll send you the sign up as soon as the class is completely put together. A, a penny saved eats the worm. Yes, Something like that. That's what it is. What? Squeeze a penny, yeah. earn a nickel. That's... <laughs> That's what they say. Yeah. It's an old it's it's an old Japanese proverb. It is. You know, yeah. it's just <laughs> look it up. <laughs> it is what it is. <laughs> anyway, hit us up on all the social medias. I don't know if Nate told you to do that. TikTok, man, blowing up. Everything is at Good Morning Liberty except for Twitter, which is at Good AM Liberty. Uh, send us a DM, send us a message, send us an email. Uh, get in touch with us. We've got all kinds of cool things going on here. If you guys do all of that, we'll be back again tomorrow to do this all over again. I hope you guys have a good day and a good morning, Liberty.